Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they pulled it out on MLK Day. Happy MLK Day, by the way. Uh, 127-118, they pulled out a win versus the Washington Wizards in Washington, D.C. before going to the White House. Uh, you know, the Warriors, you know, I didn't do an episode after the Bulls game the day before because it was like, man, that was that was rough. That was brutal. That was just a lifeless game where it was like you throw your hands up and, you know, you don't want to overreact to one particular game. So I was like, let me see on this quick back to back how how they look. And, you know, they pulled this one out, but it's clear that their flaws are still there. Yes, they were down Clay Thompson because he doesn't play on the second nights of back to backs. They didn't have Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, Michael Green. And, you know, it was one of those games where it was like nobody seemed to really, really be clicking. Uh, Steph, he was hitting shots in the first quarter. Jordan Poole, he was putting up points too, as he tends to do when he's the second option especially. Uh, And the question was like, can they score enough? Can they really, really – because in the Bulls game and in this game, there were probably – roughly three points where I was expecting to see the quote unquote warriors that we're used to. And in the bulls game, it was that third quarter, right? In the bulls game, they played terribly first quarter. They played really well. Second quarter in the third quarter, they got an eight point lead and then they just got sloppy turnovers, fouls, all that stuff, bad defense threw it all away. And they lost that one. Right. And this one, it was, you know, Let's see, because it was kind of a seesaw game back and forth. No one really pulled away. And every time the Warriors got like a six, seven point lead, the Wizards would catch up. And then same for the Wizards. They would get like a six, seven point lead. And then the Warriors would catch up. But in this game, I was looking at at that third quarter again, right, to see how the Warriors would do. And they did not that great. (laughs) I mean, they did not look like themselves. I was hoping that maybe they would put on one of those third quarter runs that Warriors teams of the past would put on other teams, but they did not. They had a lead at halftime and they built up that lead and then they lost it. So, you know, and then the fourth quarter came around. It was like, okay, you know, what are we, what are we doing here? And Steph came in early. He played a total of 38 minutes, which is a lot for him especially on the second night of a back-to-back. And overall, 12 for 28, 6 for 15 from 3, 11 for 12 from the line, 7 boards, 2 assists, 41 points. And Steph came in and he closed it. That's it. That's all that he did. He came in, he hit big shots, he forced the issue, I got to the line, and he made it happen. And he made it happen for the rest of his teammates. Um, he drew a lot of defenses and he was able to find guys open and he just kind of kept the wizards. I mean, the wizards were on their heels. I mean, the whole time the wizards looked comfortable during this game. And it wasn't until that, uh, final five minute stretch or so where the warriors really turned it up is, uh, is where the wizards kind of folded. And that's the difference between a team with this championship pedigree and a team like the wizards, right? In theory, you would see that uh, difference between teams more often this year, but it just hasn't 
it hasn't played out. Jordan Poole, I mentioned, 37 minutes, 12 for 20 from the field, 7 for 13 from three, only one free throw, uh, seven boards, three assists, two steals, 32 points. Now, Poole was a great complimentary guy <laughs> down the stretch as Steph closed this game. And this is kind of what I was talking about during that stretch of home games where Poole kind of made poor decisions, dribbled off himself out of bounds, turnovers, late game stuff, all that jazz. It's like he's not there yet where he can always be the primary guy closing out a game. And in this case, you know he's going to defer to Steph for the most part, especially when Steph is hot and he has kind of like this look where he's really, really trying to just put it away. And Poole hit that big three where uh, Steph missed it, I believe, and then Draymond tipped the ball out to Jordan Poole on the left wing, who was wide open for a three, and he just drilled it. Done, right? That's the kind of stuff where Jordan Poole shines. And, you know, overall, Poole had a solid, solid game. And, you know, even though he had four turnovers, so did Steph. I mean, turnovers are a thing for the Warriors the past couple of games. But this is a hopefully, you know, like a, a, another good reminder of who they could be, right? And it's tough because you're always going back and forth, back and forth with this team. And there's tons of excuses. And after the Bulls game, you know, Clay talked about how they just need to get to the postseason and have a decent seating and be healthy. And I've always talked about how health is important. Seating is secondary, but also uh, important. And then just getting the support guys, the supporting players ready for the bright lights. But, you know, I'm still extremely confident in this team and what they can do. But at a certain point in the season, it's like those habits, right? Those habits of, well, you kind of let teams back in the game. You kind of get lax on defense. You get lost on defense or you're, you have a ton of turnovers, you know, you can't close out a team. Those are things that maybe you can flip a switch and do for a stretch of regular season games. But once you get to the playoffs, like, yes, it's feasible, but it makes it a lot harder, especially when there's other guys on your team who may not have that switch, right? There's no Sean Livingston, David West, Andrew Bogut, Leo Andrew Barbosa on this team, right? Guys who have been there several times. And then it's like, okay, we know what we need to do. You have guys who are younger, including Poole. You know, obviously he had great moments last season in the playoffs. But you have guys who might not be able to flip that switch the way that Clay expects or Steph Draymond. I mean, they turned it on at the end of this one. But again, you have to be consistent. And that's the thing, right? Like in the first half of the season, you know, say this game, this couple of games, this uh, Bulls game and this Wizards game happened in the first half. I'd be like, okay, you know, they're sorting things out and figuring it out. But right now it's like, you know, the, the vets, the coaching staff, they know where they need to get to. And I think this is going to be the process. It should be, as I said, after the Spurs game, it's about, it's a, this is the business side of playing basketball. When you are on the court and you just do what you have to do, right? And you execute. 
And they don't have to win all their games. They don't have to go on a 20-game win streak, although that would be wildly amazing and surprising. But they have to show that consistent effort across the board and put away the teams that they are supposed to. And in that Bulls game, when they got up by eight in the third quarter, I was like, okay, cool. They're going to close this one out. And, of course, the Bulls, they have some vets. They have some young athletic guys. And they didn't let that happen. It's going to be really, really interesting these next two games against the Celtics and then the Cavs. Two very, very good teams that the Warriors can and have gotten up for. Can they do it on the road, right? Like this is what they're building right now. They're building up, as I said when I was talking to Aaron in Toronto in the, uh, in the midseason episode a couple episodes ago. It's like from now until the All-Star break, which is I believe February 18th or something like that. That's where they really, really have to start building towards looking like themselves. And hopefully they're healthy. Like that's a huge part of looking like yourself, of course, having the normal dudes in your rotation out there on the court. Because then after the All-Star break, it's a sprint. It's a sprint to the playoffs. It's a sprint to get into rhythm. It's a sprint to keep people healthy. It's a sprint to secure a decent enough spot in the standings. So that's how I'm looking at the rest of the season. And, you know, I think they can do it. I think they can do it. But they need to prove it a little bit more. And let's be honest, like in this game, the first two guys off the bench – were Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb. And I like Ty Jerome, and Lamb has played well. And if the box score is right, Lamb was plus 36 on the night. I can't believe that to be true, but if it is, yowza. But ideally, those aren't the first two guys off your bench, two two-way guys, to be honest, right? If you're going to be a title contending team, those aren't the main two guys off your bench first. So in that respect... I understand this team, like they didn't have some of their other dudes clicking. They didn't have some of their other dudes in the game. So that's why there were kind of lulls here and there. And there are defensive deficiencies with Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome, right? Like it was kind of well reported that Lamb in the last couple of games is overhelping and fouling and all that jazz for all of his surprising three-point shooting. There's flaws there. And then also with Ty Jerome, right? Like oftentimes when guys can't, you know, just graduate from two-way contracts or the G League, some of it is because their defense, right? Yeah, A lot of guys can shoot. A lot of guys can dribble and pass. But, you know, if you can't get on the court and stay on the court as a defensive liability, then that becomes an issue. So, you know, like we saw even some of that in this one. And, you know, to me, it's like, Okay, they survived this, and you just, you know, <laughs> look forward and try to keep moving forward. I hope with a couple days off that maybe Jonathan Kaminga can come back for that Celtics game coming up because uh, they're going to be facing another athletic team, a young team, obviously with you know, a huge point to make after losing not just the finals but losing at Chase Center several weeks ago. 
if they don't have Kaminga, that's really, really going to hurt them. And also, you know, the Warriors, they've been just jacking up a lot of threes, man, without Kaminga. And I know that Wiseman hasn't played a ton this season, but just being able to have a bigger body in the paint to have that threat, that would mean mean a whole hell of a lot because uh, even in this game against the Wizards, there was such a size differential and the Warriors, I mean, Draymond was was brawling. Same with Looney down there, right? Przingis, bigger than them. Uh, Gafford, younger, bigger, and Spryer. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I got my eye on the Niners and how far Brock Purdy can actually take this team. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Andrew Wiggins, you know, I said uh, a few episodes back, I think it was Christmas, like uh, my Christmas wish for the Warriors was that Andrew Wiggins comes back and he doesn't miss a beat. Of course, there's going to be rust when you're out for that long. But like, in particular, I do have concerns about Wiggins, uh, or I have been concerned because, you know, he's a very much a rhythm player, like a lot of NBA players, but he hasn't sat out for this long ever or at least many times in his career right the dude just doesn't get hurt and he's somebody who who's shot who's a three-point shot mid-range shot you know like it's it was so good before he got hurt but he isn't traditionally known as like a great shooter so for me it was like hopefully he doesn't lose that stroke lose the confidence lose that rhythm and right now he's not shooting great. And so like, that's something that I think will be key. Like 32 minutes, six for 15, but only one for six from three, three boards, four assists, 14 points. So that's something to keep an eye on because we know Clay is playing some of his best basketball and he looks like he's back. He's confident. His shot is going in from basically all three levels, you know, his mid range is three and uh, even getting layups at the basket. So, Without Clay, though, you were missing like that secondary, tertiary scorer after uh, Steph and then Poole. And it's like Andrew Wiggins. He's the next guy. But he couldn't really deliver it consistently. I have confidence he'll get there. But right now, he's struggling and he's sputtering a little bit. Uh, DiVincenzo, 27 minutes, 5 for 9 from the field, 11 points. Solid as always. Draymond. Hit two threes, two out of three, 35 minutes, five for seven, five for six from the line, which is really good for him. Uh, Six boards, 10 assists, three steals, 17 points. Awesome game. I can't believe the beating that dude is taking right now, right? I mean, just just watching him on defense play against some of these bigger dudes. And, you know, it's it's rough out there. And that's why, again, I really, really want to see Kaminga get back and – Wiseman and even to Michael Green because they need some some help just in terms of like not take uh, tons of minutes pounding on their bodies right. Looney played twenty seven minutes. That's a lot for him too. You know, 
two points, nine boards, three assists, one steal. But, you know, those guys need a legit third dude that they can look at and say, okay, this guy can play some minutes at center. You know, Anthony Lamb, solid, thick, whatever, but he ain't going to cut it down the stretch. So, you know, a lot to clean up, a lot of fouling they got to clean up, got to tighten up on rotations. They got to get guys healthy. But, you know, this is one that they survived, right? They survived. This Wizards team didn't even have Bradley Beal. (laughs) And, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. The Warriors are 22 and 22. And as of now, there's still games going on. But as of this recording, they are in seventh place in the West, eight and a half behind the first place Denver Nuggets. And let's see, they are three games behind the fourth place Sacramento Kings, half game behind the sixth place LA Clippers. So it's all right there. And, you know, you hear about how comparisons are being made to the team two years ago, the play-in team that lost. And I get that. I get that, how they just kind of got hot at the end. But, you know, to go deep, you really, really need everybody to be clicking. And if this were a more veteran team, you know, I love the youth and the talent on this team. But if this were a veteran team, then maybe you could rely on it just getting hot down this stretch. But like with some youth mixed in there, it's like, you know, you want a little bit more, but that's just me being like concerned. You know, I said, if they went one, two in these three games, I'd be pretty concerned. And they didn't, they almost did kind of right. But they're they're two and one. And while they didn't look good against the bulls, uh, they didn't look particularly good in three and a half quarters against the wizards. So I'm not like, you know, shooting fireworks over this win, but it's a win. And, you know, they just got to keep taking two steps forward and maybe like one step back or five steps forward, half a step back, whatever you want to call it, but they have a ways to go. And, you know, they have 38 games left to get there. Right. As I said, these next two games, they could be rough. They could be rough depending on who is available on the roster and how they show up. But, um, you know, these guys have always stepped up to the challenge of big games against big opponents. And I look forward to seeing if they can rise to the occasion once again, but I'll take the win. That's the bottom line. Take the win. A long way to go. That's all I got. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show, on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Doug.